In episode 56, we listen to greats, goats, and gadflies in our say what and amen battles. We will hear from Don and Jeremy about preparing and sending their firstborns off to college. We will do a little truth and tunes trivia, and Jeremy will close us out in Fix Your Eyes. Six in the Mix, a band of brothers talking faith. But we pray to a God uh, who has all power, uh, who is in sovereign control of all events. Fix your eyes, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Family. And my dad, I think, enjoyed that more than than any of us put together. But every time we'd get around Thanksgiving, he, he would name all of, all of our friends, you know, by name. And uh, it just, it was, that was a great, that was a great time. Sports. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Brett Favre pass. And I'm going to say that one is probably the most perplexing. Would have taken us to the Super Bowl, right? That was the NFC Championship. That's correct. Yeah. So yep. yeah, just like the, the Falcons, Gary Anderson miss. It's just unfortunate. In politics. I was supremely disappointed with the Supreme Court's decision of the healthcare. Join us on our journey. Again, we welcome you to episode 56 of Six in the Mix. As a reminder, please drop comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, probably the best place to connect with us. You can also find our videos on YouTube and thanks to Don now on Rumble. So check those out there and then anywhere you get your audio only podcast. Please consider sharing with family and friends who need to laugh and need to be encouraged in their relationship with Christ. All right, guys. Well, uh, as we had Jelaine on last time, we know the midterms are coming up and boy, that creates just a, a flurry and a frenzy of activity out in the world. And so a lot of our, um, I would say a lot of our focus for the amen and say what battles are in the po political realm, but also some of the politics has spilled over into the sports world as well. So we have a uh, kind of a question in the say what battle that leads into the answer in the amen battle. So uh, should should be pretty exciting, but we'll cue it up, uh, get some conversation going with episode 56, Say What Battle. What? Side wars! But in some cases, there's no substitute for experience. And I think that what we have been through with the legislation under the leadership of President Biden, who has done a spectacular job, he's had a better two years than most uh, presidents that you can name, certainly in the recent generations. He's had a better two years than most uh, presidents that you can name, certainly in the recent generations. I don't know about that, Nancy. So, Ms. Abrams, oh, back to the root of Joe's question that he just asked you. You're running for governor of Georgia. Uh, I would assume, maybe incorrectly, but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't 
divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. And so these are, it's important for us to have both and conversations. We don't have the luxury of reducing it or separating them out, but we also have to talk about what a governor can do. A governor can address housing prices. A governor can address the cost of education. A governor can put money into the pockets of everyday hardworking Georgians instead of giving tax cuts to the wealthy. That's what I talk about on the trail, and that's what's resonating. But let's not pretend that women, half the population, especially those of childbearing age, they understand that having a child is absolutely an economic issue. It is only politicians who see it as simply another cultural conversation. It is a real biological and economic imperative conversation that women need to have. What you talking about, mister? What are some of the climate actions that the administration has taken that folks may not know so much about? Well, a lot of it has to do with a, a real intentionality that we have uh, to reshift industries and um, do that in a way that we are emphasizing the importance of U.S. investment in U.S.-based R&D research and development. Uh, the, the president and I both care deeply about the importance of investing in, in, in scientists and engineers and, and that research. <laughs> um, many of you may know my mother was a scientist. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. One, I think that uh, we... Uh, we began to, uh, I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention, my intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh, Dr. Biden thinks that, uh, my wife thinks that, uh, that I, uh, that, that, we're, that we're doing something very important. But you also understand that representation matters too, right? And that when young aspiring coaches or even football players, they see you guys, you know, they see someone that looks like them, maybe grew up like them, that has to mean something. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Alrighty. Well, quite a uh, cavalcade, if that's the right word, of uh, unique uh, perspectives. Um, trains of thought still boarding at the station in some cases. What uh, what jumped out to you as far as those five? All of them were great, but the thing that topped it off for me was your interjection of the fax machine and the uh, <laughs> <laughs> going on. <laughs> Yeah. I can't stop laughing. That was great. <laughs> oh, because it's so it's so real. What is going mm. on, and what are being what is being talked about is just so out there. Oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, I'll jump in. I'll 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 just say that I think 
Nancy Pelosi to start off with, and um, the clip of you, you know, her tripping and that that whole Barack Obama thing was was perfect. But um, the way they, the way they, you know, surround themselves and try to speak truth to each other that isn't even truth. It's just completely a false false statement, and they try to make it look so good and so relevant in you know picture perfect spot. It's just you you, you can't be serious. I mean, you are. You, you are lying to yourself, you're lying to everybody about it, and you have to keep this posture and pose, and that is the biggest say what. I, I just, I can't get over that. Just crazy. You know, I loved uh, Todd Bowles, or Coach Bowles, uh, the Tampa Bay coach. Um, that that interaction, that I think was a couple minutes there, and I wish you would have played what he said, because it was just spot on perfect. Because uh, how he responded to that is how we sh every, it should be responded to going forward from now on. And if you guys aren't familiar with what he said, he basically said, you know, you guys, you know, we're good friends. This, this whole thing with you guys making a big deal out of it, it's only a big deal because you keep asking the question. It's not a big deal to us. Let's it's, it's, it's move on here. <laughs> you know? It was just a perfect response. And, he, and, and, I, and I love that guy. I love that guy forever for, for just nailing it. Hitting yeah. it right out, hitting right out of the park on that, on that question because she made, he made that, that reporter looks just like, what a stupid question. Please don't ask that question again. You may or may not hear his response in the AMN battle. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> it's a setup. Perfect. Yeah, that's my that that when I saw that at today, yeah, I saw that when I saw that uh this past week, I showed my family, I was like, this is what it should have. This is what you should hear from now on. You know, it was just perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm gonna go with Pelosi for my pick tonight because as jeremy said they are just lying to each other and they're just accepting these statements as as reality i going back to the bulls comment and conversation for for any of these say what i would just love to be able to get into the minds if if, if matt you could come up with a mind reader machine the people that ask these questions what are they really thinking uh, you know, I, I, I know we're going to hear from Todd Bowles likely later, but you, you wonder what's going through his mind. And then when Pelosi says this is the best presidency we've had in quite some time after two years, is, is it re really? I mean, are they that indoctrinated into their worldview, religion to believe, hey, this guy can do no wrong? It is almost like, I mean, we would say of our God, our God can do no wrong. But when liberalism, progressivism, their leaders do their thing, they've, they've got to have a similar mindset there. Otherwise, oh man, I'd love to just be in the minds of these people uh, that are interviewing and asking these questions that get featured on uh, the say what battle. Well, they could say that because Biden is basically their puppet. I mean, they right. can control That's. I mean, this is, this is their dream setup right now. What that, what's happening. This is their dream setup. They can run roughshod across our country and just completely ruin it with their agenda and post-truth and all that good all that you know all that fancy smancy stuff it's just this is perfect for them this they could yeah, I, mean, I mean that's why yeah. they hated trump so much right i mean because yeah. he, he was anti what they wanted to do and this is this is perfect for them and he was he was a leader by himself bringing counselors in here we have a leader 
who really is not a leader, but rather we have a president, a multi-headed president and multi-level, uh, layered level president, because it's, it's in, it's in layers that it shouldn't be. It's, it, you know, it's just crazy. It's unbelievable. Yeah. For me, uh, Stacey Abrams, uh, comment was incredibly terrifying to the point where the, the guy on MSNBC and believe it or not, guys, just a little teaser msnbc makes an appearance on the amen battle so i don't know if there's like some type of revival going on there but they do they do make an appearance on the uh on the uh in the amen battle but the question that he posed was like okay we've talked about abortion but what about the economics and for her to say well you know it's really expensive to have kids so we've got to allow our our mothers to make this you know the free choice to be able to kill kids so they they're not stressed with money like that is what we are teaching. We're teaching that there, there's no intrinsic value in life. It is your pleasure and your economic, you know, value and prosperity and strength that is what's king over and above another human life. It, that's they're arguing for that. It's out in the open. Like it's not a secret. <laughs> they're saying the, they're saying this stuff that should be hush hush uh, and, and hidden in secrecy. They're saying it out loud. They don't have any. No, uh, they're not trying to hold anything back. And I think that's truly terrifying. That's uh, uh, for, for me, Stacey Abrams uh, wins. But yeah, if, if this segment were called scariest comment, I would agree with you. It, it, yeah, it, it, it was definitely a, a, a spooky comment. It, and it's like, oh, yeah, they've participated in this act that creates kids. But, you know, if, if they decide, hey, that, that's a bad financial decision to make, let's just go ahead and give the ability to end, end this life that had no say in the matter. It's just, yeah, the, yeah. We're, we're seeing more and more of these masks pulled off. And thankfully, according to the polls, um, America, praise the Lord, is, is still seeing that this is not a good, a good path forward. Yeah, certainly hoping for a, uh, a lot of red come November 8th and and following so all righty well let's get into some maybe some encouraging stuff we got the four candidates for the amen battle so without further ado episode 56 amen battle Well, when you say you see you guys and look like them and grow up like them, it means that we're eyeballs to begin with. And I think the minute you guys start stop making a big deal about it, everybody else will as well. What was the big difference in this series, why the Yankees are moving on and you're not? They, they won th one more game than us. I, 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 don't, I don't know how to even begin to answer that. Every game is its own game. They beat us today. We pushed them about as far as we could, and they came out today and beat us so they get to move on and we don't. Uh, there, there's a massive crime wave, and 
you know, it, yes, it does fall on both parties. But when you have woke DAs in Philadelphia basically saying they don't have a crime problem, uh, when you have cops quitting left and right in Philadelphia because they don't feel like, you know, they're, they're not going to risk their lives so they can arrest people who are going to be out on the street the next day. And then you have progressives telling people in Philadelphia, telling these people, oh, you're wrong. Don't believe your lying eyes. Don't believe the fact. There's something wrong for you for being afraid to go to work. There's something wrong with you for being afraid to go home, as they were talking about right there. It is just really progressives on crime in places like Philadelphia and New York are so extraordinarily clueless. It's maddening. I get asked all the time, who is Ron DeSantis? He's the kid who grew up right here in Florida, working his tail off, paying his own way through school, then volunteering to serve in the Navy and deploying to Iraq. He's the man who I fell in love with from the moment we met. And he's the dad of three very rambunctious, energetic children. Mamie, our two-year-old little comedian, Madison, our beautiful, sweet five-year-old, and Mason, our four-year-old athlete. But if you want to know who Ron DeSantis really is, when I was diagnosed with cancer and I was facing the battle for my life, he was the dad who took care of my children when I couldn't. He was there to pick me off of the ground when I literally could not stand. He was there to fight for me when I didn't have the strength to fight for myself. That is who Ron DeSantis is. All righty. Well... Which one of those candidates uh, gets your loudest amen? Ryan, you're scratching your head. Come on, what's what's first? Well, I like Todd Bowles. Um, but, man, I really like Ron DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> so the first and the last are probably my top two. I really appreciate how Todd Bowles said what he said. That's not easy to do in this in this climate. First of all, that's that's just taking a stand, and that, and that's what the governor of Florida has been doing on so many things for for all this time. But that that really is a powerful ad. I I, I watched that, and I think we we don't we don't deserve him as a leader. I mean, it it'd be great, but I, I just don't see how we as a as a nation that's so so lost and clueless. Um, can have him as a leader. So I, I'll just I'll just say I'll go with the, the ad by Casey DeSantis is my top pick for the amen because I I really appreciate him. Again, I'm not putting him on a on a pedestal to where he's perfect because he can certainly make mistakes. Um, but I I just really appreciated his stand and I, I I thought that was a great campaign ad. It's interesting. I saw my brother-in-law today. They came up uh, to to visit family and uh, the brother-in-law and my sister live in Florida, went through the hurricane. And um, he mentioned that DeSantis is a rock star right now in there in Florida, just because of the, his word is, is gold there. I mean, what he says, what he says is going to happen. It gets done. Not only does it get get done, only does it get done, but it gets done uh, before the actual deadline. 
I mean, it, it's it gets done early, so he's just mm. like he is. He is delivering on everything he's saying, and he's delivering it sooner than expected. Um, but when I saw that uh, saw that MSNBC piece, that really that that I have to I have to say I can't I hate to admit it, but I got to give him give him credit because that's exactly what's happening here in 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 Minnesota, specifically Minneapolis. Hmm. I cannot turn off the i cannot turn on the tv trying to watch football today you cannot see you know get through a set of commercials without seeing at least two uh you know uh, uh political ads and every democratic political hit piece that's appearing is pounding the 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 abortion debate right they're just saying these people are too extreme extreme they want to eliminate abortion People are, when the polls show that people are not concerned about that, the, the people are concerned, what people are concerned with here in Minnesota, at least, are is one inflation and two, the crime. And it is, it's it's far and away the most important issue to these people here. And I just spoke to my neighbor uh, yesterday. Uh, he works in downtown Minneapolis and uh, we were shooting the breeze and hadn't seen him in a while or had at least had a chance to talk to him. And he said he works downtown. He actually goes in to uh, to work and uh, goes downtown. He says it's accessible. He's like, in the past year, I have seen two dead bodies. Oh, that's how bad. That's how bad it is. And I just can't. And we, he's just like, he's shaking his head. He's just like, something's got to change and it better change. I don't know what this guy's political leanings are, to be honest with you. I don't, I've never gotten into that deep with him, but he's like, something's got to change and it's got to change quick and it better change uh, in a couple of weeks. So hmm. um, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. And I think that, I mean, what used to be a nice neighborhood I once lived in is now not that anymore. I'm hearing, I hear sirens every day. I hear gun gunshots on a weekly basis, hmm. um, and wow. it's you know it used to be blocks or you know over the over the across the highway. It's not that anymore. It's 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 crazy. It's it's absolutely insane to me what's happened in in just a year's time, two years time, and uh, uh, that's that's definitely uh, I think a big <laughs> issue come election time. And Dom, what's, what's interesting, just following up with what you said there, uh, I'm seeing all those ads too, but what really gets my goat is that the Democrats, some of their ads I'm seeing are saying how they're going to keep you safe. Yeah. You, you seen those? Like like Keith Ellison, yeah. he's going to keep you safe. I'm like, oh yeah, he is. Uh, uh, where's reality anymore? Yeah. yeah, right. It's just, there's no, yeah, the, 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 the I hope that, uh, you know, yeah, we talk about we talk a big game that yeah, there's going to be a red wave, and I I truly pray for that. But uh, you know, I I can't put too much faith in in our Republican leaders that we elect. Um, I know that this is just uh, a, a stopgap. Um, I don't know if it's going to ultimately fix anything because I have really no faith it will. Um, yeah, I guess my question is that is the hole in the dam too big at this point? And, and are we just, you know, trying with all our might to put things in? But I, I will say this, Don, to your point, and Ryan, even to yours, that when when good leadership comes in, things do change. Things do change. And it might not be that everything gets corrected, but that that at least gives people hope. 
and and gives people back a peace of mind and a little bit of a normalcy. The thing that I hate is that we've lived in non-normal in not normal conditions for a while now, just because of the uncertainty that came from you know all the craziness of 19. And it's just continued on. It's like Satan is using this to continue on to keep people at unrest. And I, I'm I'm hoping for great leadership that will bring peace back to our own hearts and our own lives and our own neighborhoods, as you as you pointed out. I, I really hope that that's there. Hey, for the sake of just being different, and and really, I truly when I first heard the uh, the, the manager talk about the fact that where when he was asked the question, you know. Could you have done anything to, to be, we just lost, we lost the game. Like they had more points than we did. They had more <laughs> runs, we lost. But let me just say, in America, we don't even say you lost anymore. You can't even say that. You can't say you got an F on a, on a project. You can't say that you are wrong. You can't do that anymore. And so for that, for that you know, presser to, to give that question, you know, there's sometimes the facts are that you just didn't do enough and you got to own up to that. And whether you're a major league baseball team and a, and a owner or a manager, or you are a politician and you just flat didn't do your job, like you promised it, own up to it. And so our kids need to own up to things and we need to own up to things. That's how we fix stuff. So I, he's my amen battle. We lost. <laughs> Yeah, I, I threw Terry Francona. And by the way, I think Jeremy, I, I'll vote for Jeremy for the amen battle win with that uh, that little share there, buddy. That was good. Uh, yeah, but nice. I threw Terry Francona in there just because I like, man, the, I wish I had a manager like that of our baseball team. <laughs> you know, just what could what could the twins have looked like with a manager like that instead of the Baldali Lama, who I was <laughs> who I was high on for a while, but mm. he's just uh, he's just a good old boy with the guys, and I don't think he's going to take us much farther than than where we've yeah. gone so you know jeremy it's interesting you said that because i know that in um well in that series in fact uh the yankee fans were booing a judge for uh mm-hmm. for for not performing i mean he, he went over four they were booing him off the field how crazy yeah. is that the guy yeah. you know the the guy that i couldn't believe it and you know what he, I love the interview he gave afterwards. He's like, yeah, I would know for four. I need to step it up. He's, he's like, I, that was terrible. And then, and then you transfer that, you, you compare that to what just happened uh, for the LA Lakers. I don't know if you guys saw that when, when uh, Westbrook uh, who uh, went over 11, uh, I think that was what Friday night or Saturday night. I can't mm. remember which one. He went over 11 was getting booed. <laughs> And they obviously lost the game too as well. And what ha- and what happened afterwards in the interviews? He didn't admit he had a bad game. In fact, Reggie Miller, who was who was commentating that game, doing the color on TV, was like, "How can he expect to perform? Because all these fans are booing him and treating him so horribly. It's like they're giving him this excuse." And wow. here he is after the game saying, no, I, you know, yeah, we just didn't score enough points to win. You know, he, he never admitted to the fact that he had a bad game. He couldn't admit to it because that's just not part of how, you know, how we, uh, how we do that. And the, and his teammate next to him was like, oh yeah, just, you know, we gotta, we gotta make, we gotta make plays. We gotta be, we gotta do better. And, you know, it, it was just like, 
you 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 live in a world in, re, in where your reality is what somebody else thinks of you on on social media and you can't you can't you can't live up to that so you just don't even go there you're like i can't my 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 ego is too brittle to be, to admit that i'm wrong so hmm. uh yeah see and frank Cohen just say yeah we've they were better than us <laughs> that's that's perfect yeah i love it solid all right impromptu calling your shot the uh the background that i've chosen um the i'm just very sad for the packers they just took a crushing defeat today to the 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 team that doesn't even have a oh i guess they do have a logo or a mascot now they are the commanders um yeah speaking of woke stuff anyway uh the redskins beat up on the packers so i guess are are the packers done Uh, is it stick a fork in them time they are three and four have lost three straight I don't think they were ever a good team to begin with. I don't understand how people are surprised. I mean, granted, they have Aaron Rodgers, probably one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I still think he's elite. I don't think it's, uh, it's, I don't, I mean, I'm I'm not going to blame Aaron Rodgers entirely, but I mean, obviously he has to take the blame for some things, but, um, but uh, I still think he's an elite quarterback and, but Mm -hmm. they added nothing. You know, he went through that whole big, thing of being traded and then decided to stay well why did he stay they didn't give him anything to use he has nobody to throw to he has i, I just don't get they, did they expect that their defense to carry him their defense was highly touted coming into the season there's this you know this great thing they're going to win with defense and they just needed aaron Rodgers to manage the game which he is obviously capable of doing well that's not none of that is happening and and uh i just don't think they're that great of a team i think yeah they are done stick a fork in them they're not going to make the playoffs yeah i <clears throat> of course my my father-in-law is you know a packer absolute you know packer fan and so a lot of my family are so i didn't even really pay attention to the loss I did just read um, just not too long ago that at some point in the game, and maybe you guys can corroborate this because I didn't see it, but (laughs) Rodgers looked over the sideline or looked at his coach or whatever and said, what are we doing? And just saw the mouth of words like, what are we doing? I, if that, (laughs) if that is true, if that is the case, (laughs) that's a big problem. And I think you're right. I mean, to give him no weapons, I think what you're going to see though, probably is, Green Bay or, you know, Wisconsin's not going to stand for this. Some, somebody is going, there's going to be people leaving. There's going to be somebody coming in. They're going to have to go out and get somebody to, you know, of some name to come back as far as a, a receiver um, or, or something offensively to, to help them out. Um, I just can't see that they're just going to throw this away. There's too much pride. There's too, too much on the line for all these guys, but I agree. I don't, I personally don't think Rodgers is playing really great this year. I know he doesn't have weapons, but I'm sorry if you're, again, when it comes down to leadership, if you are going to lead, you can do that through adversity. And even if you have a chip on your shoulder with the coaches or whatever the case may be, the ownership, I mean, isn't that the ultimate of a professional? What makes you the professional is that you can navigate all that stuff and still win. I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not, I'm not a huge Rodgers fan, to be honest with you. I, I just, I think he's a cocky guy. I think he's full of himself and I just see less and less team and more and more athletes. And I don't like it. Hmm. I think he's dealing with a bit of a thumb injury, which he's 
I think it's impacting him. He won't admit it to some degree. I think their offensive line play has dropped a little bit this year. I don't see the same rushing stats from Jones and Dylan that I saw last year. And um, yeah, he lost his best weapon. So when Green Bay decided to go all in on Rodgers, they're paying him so much they can't afford to keep Devontae Adams. So, you know, you, you put all these things together. That's that's what you end up with. I mean, I'm, I am surprised their defense isn't as good. Uh, they they certainly have really good defensive players, um, and I thought for sure they'd be pretty stout this year. But even their defense is failing them at this point. So, yeah. But I I don't know. I don't know if I see Detroit getting above them in our division. And as a Vikings fan, I'm I'm very very careful not to get on my high horse in my hopes of. Um, what the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves, the Vikings should do. Speaking of Timberwolves, they played two bad teams and they're one and one. Our our all star lineup now. How how good is that? But um, yeah, it's sad. I, I mean, I I think the Vikings should hold the division. I, I'd love to see home field advantage for a while in the playoffs. Um, but I don't know. Has Rogers told the Green Bay fans to relax yet or patience or anything? I don't think I've heard those words. So maybe he knows well, something. If I don't think he said relax. I think he said, "What are we doing?" That's that's a, that's a not relax. Yeah. So if he, that is the sentiment, you know, there's there's bigger issues. It's it's more, it's deeper into the deeper into the team. So he was asked after the game whether they still he still thinks they can go to the playoffs, and he he responded pretty forcefully that he still thought they could. Um, and then, so I I'm I'm not saying they've they've got a fork in them yet. I mean, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see him just flail the rest of the year, but. It's kind of like the, I look at like kind of like the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. They're just the pedigree of these teams is just so high in the system and the commitment to excellence is just so high that they just don't tolerate this stuff for so long. So I kind of agree with Jeremy. They'll probably yeah. do something. Um, and again, they they had a similar situation. I think they went on a run five, six years ago when they had to win, win, win straight out like six, seven games. And they did. And they, they went to the NFC championship game that year lost. But um Anyway, I, I, I still think they've got a little life left in them, but hopefully it's sucked out by the time we got to go up to Green Bay so we can just play all our scrubbers. <laughs> get, get ready for the, 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 the first round bye. So who's, av- who's available? Who's available to add to their team to make them instantly better? Well, from a Odell, wide receiver, Odell Beckham. Where's Where's yeah. Beckham at? From yeah, wide receiver <laughs> perspective, it'd be Beckham. It'd be Chase Claypool. The Steelers could be. Uh, there are two more receivers, DJ Moore and Elijah Moore, that the Panthers have just given up. Yeah, so yep. they, could, they could potentially send DJ Moore. And then Elijah Moore, who's a really talented receiver in New York, he's hardly getting the ball thrown to him. It's only his second year. I don't think the Jets are going to give give him away, but th- those would be potential options, I guess. And Matt, I was going to say that's a really optimistic take on your part, considering your background that that commanders player is administering the last rights over Rogers there. I mean, <laughs> good grief. It, it was such a perfect picture. I couldn't pass up the opportunity. So it's all my Wisconsin friends and, and, uh, and folks there. Uh, you're welcome. I will revel in it for right now. <laughs> now all, all the teams in the Vikes division lost. Well, I, the, the bears play tomorrow night, but I'm pretty sure they'll lose in new England. So I'm just going to chalk that one up to an early L for, for sweet. That'd be good. It'll be the second week in a row that all of the teams in our division lose. <laughs> and, uh, how, how the Vikings don't 
win the division after after this it'll it'll be the biggest oh, well, job. if there's a team that can figure <laughs> out a way it's exactly be a team from minnesota yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's the question for next week is yeah. will the vikings <laughs> yeah oh. got a massive like eight lane highway can you drive down the highway at 55 miles an hour straight for one mile <laughs> probably not probably not we'll find some way to jack it up well, yeah they will they will lose i think the vikings will lose next week just because murray is the perfect quarterback that they can't contain i mean he's just oh uh, yeah it's he's, tough. he's like he's like the the jalen hurts that the bites him every time you know he's just that quarterback that's just going to expose every weakness they have and uh, i want for whatever reason I, I want them to go into buffalo though seven and one though because we got <laughs> we got uh if we can get by arizona which i think we should then we got the commanders which obviously they're you know, hopefully still distracted by saying lats rights to, to Aaron Rodgers, but we should be able to beat them. But then we go to Buffalo, which is got to be like the stiffest test in the league, right? Um, that that's going to be, that's going to be quite a game. So, I didn't even know Tyler Heineke was still in the league for, for playing play yeah. for Washington and he beats the Packers. What in the world? So good. <laughs> so good. Tyler Heineke? Come on. Uh, yeah. Oh my word. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, that's it from my side. <laughs> what do we got next up? Yeah, Jeremy and Don oh, yeah. sh- sharing some things with us, uh, hopefully helping me as a, as a dad to uh, get some insight on some life issues. Likewise, I got my notebook out too. I'll be taking notes on <laughs> these two uh, senior statesmen. Well, that's good. I think I think we're supposed to uh, discuss uh, the idea of uh, our our kiddos going off to college and how easy and what the transition looked like and, and what's all wrapped up in that. Don, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you just right off the bat. Um, do you think how has it gone for you? You and Jen, you've got two daughters. One's at college, relatively close, so not too far away, but. Just initially, as you look at the picture now, not not before and going through all the challenges, but now as things have kind of settled in the first semester, would you say things are, you know, thumbs up, pretty good, going well? What, what's your first initial reaction here? My first initial reaction is it's going fantastic. Um, yeah. It's going great. Um, I want to say it's all because of what what Jen and I did <laughs> and uh, prepared her for for this but no I, I mean it's, it's all God but um you know Jen and I decided er, right away when we when we had kids that we were going to parent our kids to get them ready to take care of themselves that was the whole point we wanted to make sure our kids were self-dependent I mean were able to <laughs> live on their own I did not want to raise my daughters up to get married. I did not want that to be the main goal. I wanted them to be able to be independent. I want to be them be able to be self-sufficient. Um, and that 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 decision that we made went from you know what school they attended to you know how we how we treated them at home and and things like that. And I'm not saying we are perfect by any means because we certainly have our faults and we certainly messed up more than I want to admit. But um, um, that was our goal, and I see that playing out now as she embarks into her uh, college uh, career. And um, I'm telling you, a classical education that my daughter received. Uh, 
at her at her charter school which is a public it's a public school it's not a christian school it's a public school it was a charter public high school it was a classical christian or not a classical public school and um she, she that prepared her in, immensely and we were very curious as to how this would play out and we could not be more more you know happier than uh, how we feel and how she's attacking college right now. She even mentioned to us a couple of weeks ago that um, she can't imagine going to college without having, um, you know, having to deal with all the academic rigors that college presents itself without having a, a high school education that she did. Um, having to deal with all the pr other pressures that, you know, you have to deal with when going to college outside of the academic pressures is she's like uh, she sees these kids that she's around and it's over they're they're overwhelmed and you know she's she doesn't feel that and so that's a real sigh of relief on our end um in fact you know she took she took in in her in her charter school she took three years of greek in in high school three years of greek i'm like what in the world why do we need to do <laughs> to take three years of greek for a classical, uh, for a class, get her classical diploma in high school. Well, she's taking uh, Greek now in college, and she was intimidated by all by all get out to to have to take Greek. To, she wanted to take Greek, but she was intimidated by it just because she knew that she was going to be taking Greek with other, you know, twenty year olds possibly. You know these, and they'd probably be be men, right? Um, and she was like crazy intimidated by this. Well, now she she is a being paid by the college to be a Greek tutor. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> the the professor who happens Pearson seems to be like a pretty big deal. Um, he uh, he spoke at the uh, Bible Museum in uh, Washington D.C. Um, a couple weeks ago. He's he asked her to be a tutor. He asked her also to be an aide to help him. He's going to be trans uh, or. Uh, transcribing or um, translating a Bible commentary that's in in Spanish. He's trans he's translating to English and he's asked her to help him with the trans with the Greek translations. I mean she gets she the doors that are being opened up for her, you know, she's just like she's loving it. She's just like and and now she's more excited. She's now so excited about Greek right now that she's 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 understanding that she's learning it. There's a purpose now to learn it. Mm. Because before it was it was classical Greek. Now we're learning biblical Greek, and she's translating and she's and she's digging into the Bible and translating it in Greek and understanding why this is so important, right? So and and, and she wants for Christmas a a Greek Bible. <laughs> she wants a Greek Bible for Christmas. So you know any of our our Greek nerds and and uh, seminary nerds out there, we have a. Who have a uh, a recommendation? Please, please let me know in the comments because I because I want to get her a, a Greek Bible for for Christmas. But um, um, you know, it, she's she's doing all the things. She's if you know Elena, she experiences everything to its fullest, and so um, she's trying to do. You know, hopefully she's not doing too much, but she's loving every minute of it. At homecoming last week, she was part of the powder puff game where she was she, she played linebacker at the football game. So she was loving that. She thought it was just fantastic. You know, she's just she's 
she's uh she's experiencing it in full but you know it's it's a little different at home i'll tell you that you know there's that emptiness that's it's it's it seems off you know you come home you've got you know jen and i and and lily and 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 we don't have elena here anymore so it just kind of feels off still you know you, you sit down for dinner and you know there's only three instead of four you you're watching have you, caught, have you caught yourself saying hey Elena? oh you know what? Yeah, yeah. Not here. Yeah, yeah. You set you set four you set four four right. faces at the table, and they should only be at the table. Yep, yep. Like where's yeah. the car? Oh, the car's gone. You don't have the car. Anymore. Yeah. So you know, I miss watching sports with her. I don't have anybody yelling at the TV. You know, expressing my frustration, so I don't have to deal with it. You know, do it myself. I can just have her now. She's. Now she's in a college dorm yelling at the TV and I've got to worry about whatever some guy is looking at. Who is this crazy, crazy talk sports fanatic yelling at the TV and yelling at Kirk Cousins to get rid of the ball or something, you know? And so, you know, it's just the whole other level of, uh, you know, I'm, I couldn't be more prouder of her. And it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's been a great experience so far. It's, it's been difficult. Yeah. It's, it's been, felt like I said, a little off at home, but, I know that she's uh, she's just flourishing in 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 college. I was and Jen and I just had uh, got to go to a, her uh, first uh, choir concert on on Friday night, and that was just fantastic. It was just awesome, just awesome. And and that's what another part of me. She gets to be a part of something in a choir that is of that excellence. You know, we took it for granted. You know, Matt, when we did it in high school. We took it for granted somewhat in college. Yeah, it probably wasn't on the level of everything else, uh, but I had the opportunity to sing in some pretty cool choirs and stuff like that after uh, after uh, uh, getting married. And so I wanted her to experience that. You know, I wanted her to experience what it felt like to sing in something like that and have that production value or that that you know that that. Uh, being part of something that was that good and uh, she's getting that now and that was really it was it was a ton of fun to see on Friday night being able to see her part of the choir and and just uh, singing some amazing things out there so it was fun so that's good that's good yeah if I answered my own question you know how are things now I I, I think it's good um done something that's a little bit different than our daughters. I think your daughter went right from high school to college. No, no um, kind of super year there or kind of year to work. Annika took a year to work and didn't go to school right away. And there was, it, it was a little messier uh, for us. It wasn't as clear cut. And we still have some, some um, things that are being worked out between um, her and uh, Annika and um, her mom and I, and, you know, there's, there's, I'm convinced I, I'm learning more now about my kids, I think, um, as they're adults, because they talk at a different level, they're, they're communicating at a different level, and some of their, their needs I'm seeing differently than I did previous. And so I'm learning a lot. And I don't think that it's necessarily that it's something you can um, keep from happening, uh, because what's going to happen is going to happen in some ways. And God's got his way of shaping every single uh, child differently and pushing them in different directions. But one thing that is, is definitely um, a blessing to us is that being out from under our home and being influenced by other godly people who have a voice that she will listen to that wasn't, basically we're saying the similar things, but it's coming from somebody else. 
um, has been a huge blessing and a huge growth thing for her. And um, it's been it's been good to have her go through some of those things. Been some challenges with roommates. There's been uh, some challenges with just being away distance wise. So Elena's, you know, within what, 45 minutes, yeah. you know, or so from you guys. Annika is, you know, 31 hours for a drive and about, you know, four and a half, five hours as a flight. Uh, so, you know, I get the text all the time. Hey, dad, my car didn't start Does the battery. You know, I got a message on my, and I'm like, I, I, okay, great. You're going to have to, you know, get some of your buddies together and help, help each other out. Cause I, I'm, you know, I, I can't just help you right now. Um, so, and that's hard for me because I like to help her, you know, I, I like to do that, but it's been fantastic because she has had to learn some of those dependency things that you were saying, you know, on your own. Uh, you have to learn and figure some of those things out. And then really, I think the, the blessing for me and, and Amber as well is that when they realize that and that light bulb comes on and then they come back with a text or a conversation and they're like, oh yeah, I really, really miss those those quick opportunities to have my needs met and, and all these things done um, that you guys just took care of and I didn't even realize or worry about it. I'll also speak to the fact that education is key. Education is highly, highly important, highly important. Um, her first introduction to some of the classes and some of the absolute, I don't know, it's, it's I don't want to use the word criminal, but how unprepared these high school students mm. are coming into college and what their expectation levels of colleges it's like, we have to do what? And Annika's like, this is nothing. Are you, can, are you kidding me? You should have seen what my senior year and my English you know, teacher made us do and what, why I had to go through advanced level math courses that were in trig and calculus and some of these other things. And why, why she's like, there are people that don't know how to put you know, an outline together. They don't know how to think logically. It's like, and, and Annika has has had not in the sense that people have hired her, but in her speech class or her speech communication class, her, her speech teacher's like, um, are you a communication major? She's like, no. <laughs> she's like, have you done this before? And she's like, well, we had to do it all the time in high school. We had to put presentations on and do this and throw the PowerPoint up there. And we had to speak contemporary, contemporaneously. We had to do all kinds of different interaction. And she's like, so it, you know, I, I've done it a lot. And she's like, this is, extremely refreshing because you go you, high schools come in today they don't know how to communicate they don't know how to do anything so she has been asked to help out in some of those you know so those friends are coming to her saying please help me you know help me with so education is important and you know classical yeah i, I I'm, I'm all about that as well i think that's a fantastic um, um curriculum and route to go I don't think that's the only one, but man, I can tell you this, that if you don't have a foundation underneath your kids and they cannot think for themselves and they're not confident in, in how to problem solve and just do things that is that are outside of the box, you are setting them up for some failure. And um, some of that's good, but, but the blessing of, of it is when they thrive in that and now they're the ones that are being the help and the, the aid to other people, Donna, I'm with you. That is such a, it's such a relief and it's a validation that the, the work that we did with our kids is paying off and it's gonna pay off 
for the rest of their yeah. lives. It's not just, you know, yeah, they did great in speech. Congratulations. It's no, there's more to it. And, and future that is going to be, you know, helped out with generations to come. Um, so that's, that's a wonderful, a wonderful thing. Uh, what do you think is the biggest challenge um, in this whole, this whole, um, you know, age of life with sending your daughter off to college? I've been asked that. I, I've got an answer for that. I didn't prep you for that, but what's, what's the, you know, what's one of the, the, the greatest challenges? I think the greatest challenge right now is just where, where we, where do we direct all this, this energy to learn? Where, what is it, what is it going to look like? Uh, she's still not a declared major. So we're still, we're still struggling with the idea of, of shelling out uh, money. Uh, granted, she's paying for some of it too, but I mean, just, you know, shelling out money to, to attend a college and not knowing what to do. That's the biggest hurdle. And that is another kind of a question I have for you too. It's like, okay, you know, is college as important as it is today, as it was when we went to college? Um, hmm. You know, I would hear some people say, you know, uh, I don't, I've, I've heard it from the, from, from, from many folks on the right uh, say that, you know, you don't have to go to college today. You can, uh, you know, college is a waste of money. It's, I mean, you're going, you're paying all this money to go to state institutions that are just going to corrupt your child. You know, I mean, that's their, their kind of their, their working thesis there for it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I see their point. I do. Um, uh, you know, and I can't even trust what I, what, you know, you, you really have to question what's being taught at our, at our Christian college, uh, institutions as well. Sure. It's Absolutely. not a, not a sure thing anymore either. So, I mean, it's, you know, you're paying a lot of money and what is it getting you in return when, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not making it in my, uh, my career as uh, in my job based on what I, what I learned in, in, in college, right. <laughs> you know, I have a secondary education right. degree. Uh, I'm not using that right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, what is the, what is, what does that look like? I, I don't know. And, and it's funny, you know, Jeremy, getting back to that point where, you know, they come in and these kids, your, your kids are communication wise, farther, far, far, way yeah. far along than they are amongst their peers. How has that changed in 20 years? Usually, when we went to college, it was expected that we had to have that. We were yeah. expected to to be able to right. do that. We were expected to have that buttoned up and and shored up. I felt, I felt like if you didn't have that, then you know that was your problem. You had to get that taken care of, and it was not the norm. Now it's the opposite, where it seems like oh, you can. Yeah, I mean, how many times has somebody gone to my my daughter and said, "What high school did you go to? How do you? How are yeah. you doing? You know, right. it's not it's not that way anymore. It's 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 a different." It's a different breed. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, let me just give you this fact uh, and tidbit. I had the um, Fond du Lac city manager. We don't have a mayor uh, in our in our city. We have a city manager and a city council, and so um, he's a believer. He's just a really nice guy, really great guy. Um, and and he came in and he's speaking to my STEM class, and so uh, he said he said to me, and he said in front of all the kids, he goes, "Hey, listen." And this might be completely against what your school, you know, teaches, but he's like, you don't have to go to college to get a great job and do something service-wise and, and work well and be at leadership in, in a town or community or city. He said, you, you just don't have to do that anymore. And he goes, I'm sorry if I'm completely going off uh, out of bounds. I said, Joe, this, 
this is a prevailing wind and a trend that is a legitimate thing that people have to look at. And um, I, I think that college is a good thing. I think college can be a beneficial thing. And I think that God ultimately is going to take you there or, or lead you away from that. I, I don't think that it's going to be something that, you know, you force your kid to do. We, we told our kids, Hey, we want you to experience, we want you to experience college life because we do see, see some value there. And primarily most of that is to get out of the home and to get on, you know, get on your own two feet, start doing life on your own. You don't need dad and mom to, to, you know, be over you on your every decision. That's going to start that, that gap is going to start widening, but at the same time, is it something that you're going to have to go for years? And you're right, get all this debt and do all these things. Fortunately, you know, Annika's got a, a full ride for all of her tuition stuff. She just has to pay room and board, which is a huge blessing because that knocks it way down. Um, and that's, that's, you know, been granted to her for four years, but that's not everybody. And I can tell you that as a, as a school administrator, as I look at students coming in and they're saying, we, we don't want to spend all this money to do something that we don't really have a passion to do. Why, why do we have to go to college? And to, to be honest with you, I have to say, you, you really don't need to. If this is what you're going to do, go to a tech school, go your two-year, or be trained in this apprenticeship. And if that's your passion, do it. Do it. Um, so, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird that, you know, I'm even saying that because, I don't know, all of you guys, you remember college where it was like not an option? It was like, you just, you, you're going to go. I mean, if you're going to do something, you have got to have that four year behind you. I mean, today you can get a teacher's license. You can teach in the public schools by going to a remedial class, take 12 credits, and all of a sudden you're in the assistance, you're in the aides, and then all of a sudden you can, you can be full-fledged teaching with no education background at all, nothing. You just go to these classes, and it's going to cost you a little bit, but all the, they're so desperate that you're, you don't even need a four year for that. Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's it's a weird dynamic things are changing academically i do still see a real huge benefit of, of kids going to school i wish it was because of what experience i had you know the camaraderie the fellowship the friends you know even some somewhat you know we find some spouses you know we found our spouses in those places or at least links that have you know got us there um but that's that's, that's all changed too. You know, dating has changed. It's, it's no longer, you know, that kind of, you know, <laughs> the, uh, finding people in the, the bottom of the girl's dorm, you know, sitting in the lounge, you know, it's just, it's online, you know, we, everything is, everything is different. It's hard to navigate that and to even understand that that's a possibility. But anyway, uh, one thing that I would say, a uh, piece of advice to you two and the rest of our listeners that don't have kids coming out, is that um, I've learned this. This is this is something I've learned. Is that if you have a preconceived or preconditioned, this is what is going to happen um, in the way you think it's going to happen. God's going to shatter that, and it's not going to go near what you thought it was going to go. It's hmm. just not going to. It's just not going to happen. Um, I thought I had the plan laid out and everything was going to go great, kind of how I, I anticipated it. And it went the exact opposite direction. And God's still blessing, amazingly, outside of my counsel. You know, <laughs> God didn't need me. And <laughs> it's, it's so I, I want to give that um, just encouragement to you and not to get um, 
uh, don't lose too much sleep over that. I lost a lot of sleep and I had some, some nights where I just, you know, I just, and it was good because I'm praying to God, but it was praying my will, not his. And um, so I lost a lot of, a lot of good nights rest uh, on hoping that my daughter would choose my pathway forward and not God's pathway for her. So let me give that advice to you. Don, do you have any advice that you'd give these two yahoos? <laughs> Buckle up and uh... <laughs> no, it's you, you prepare them as best you can and you let them, you let, you let them go and you, and you, and, and you marvel at what God has, has, has prepared for them because it may, yeah, just like Jeremy said, it may not be what you expected. It may as be what, what you had planned, but just know God's in control. Hmm. Hey, one, uh, I'll, I'll throw just a prayer request out there. I've got a senior grace as a senior this year and, uh, speaking of powder puff football game. So one thing about grace is whatever she does, she's, she's in a full throttle and, uh, she was in a powder puff football game and was kind of dominating on defense. And, uh, she went to get this girl's flag and went right at, they, co- they collided knees and her knee went right and popped. And so she's got a fully torn ACL, a fully torn oh. medial meniscus oh, and a strained MCL. And so we're dealing with that, um, in her senior year of, of high school. Oh. Um, so we meet with the orthopedic orthopedic surgeon this coming Wednesday and, um, yeah, just trying to decide how to go through a, a significant oh. knee surgery when she's a senior and she's, this is, she's going into exercise science. That's what she's, um, you know, she, again, probably the best athlete that I know, um, and, uh, and, and just God's kind of, you know, given her the serious injury. Um, so if you'd be praying for her, that'd be helpful. And then obviously Casey mm-hmm. and I as well as try to help her mm-hmm. walk through that. She's, uh, she's a little bit down right now, but, um, yeah, she's got, uh, got a couple colleges in mind, but it's a little bit on hold right now to, you know, as far as to go and visit them and stuff like that, we were planning on heading out to Taylor university and Grove city and some, some other ones, but, uh, yeah, she's walking through a tough road right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those powder puff games are no joke, man. No, no way. No <laughs> they joke. All in. No joke. Yeah. We had to, apparently one of the gals that Lena played against cracked her jaw, <laughs> broke her jaw, <laughs> played powder puff football. It's like <laughs> we, we can do this as good or better than the guys. Watch me. And <laughs> right. it is all in. It I know. I cannot on. believe it. Yeah. She was ticked off that she couldn't wear pads and it wasn't tackles she's like what is this like i want to hit somebody and she would have torn people up and she's a she's a beast but oh, yeah pray for her well what, think of all the things she's gonna learn i mean i know it's, yeah i mean yeah. just i mean if she wants to go just that, that sports science type of thing man oh what she's gonna learn yeah. just going yeah. through this if there's a bright side, but yeah. Oh, yeah. A, I was going to say my rough, sister, rough I, Sharon went through that. My sister, my twin sister, she tore ACL at Pilly. And I remember mm-hmm. she had that surgery and she had to go through all of that. And that was not, that is a, that is a hard injury to come back from. And she recently just retore it. She's not going to do anything about it. The doctors are like, well, we could, you know, have surgery again. And she's like, uh, no, I'll just choose not to run the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> horrible. Uh, Matt, yeah. is, is Grace playing other sports this year? No, she was just fully. So she was uh, working out at the gym at school. And then she just joined a gym uh, down at a, a city close to ours that uh, really kind of getting into like bodybuilding and stuff like that. She was, uh, 
yeah just incredible mm-hmm. yeah right. so yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll pray for her and and don i was going to ask you speaking of the financial burden of college did uh did elena ever did she ever get uh i get get the credit get get awarded the george floyd scholarship she applied <laughs> no no she did not uh, for some reason yeah i don't think she passed that one okay so, i don't know why i'm still trying to try to track that down but yeah just thought i'd check in i remember you mentioning it a while back so <laughs> wow maybe next year <laughs> maybe oh, maybe there might be a new one who knows <laughs> dear lord well thanks thanks guys that was uh that was good i <laughs> i i'm i'm not looking forward to the day of uh sending olivia off but i know she's she'll be chomping at the bit uh uh to start her college endeavor she's hmm. She enjoys studying and um, yeah, but for me, I, I don't know, Don, Jeremy, neither one of you really mentioned the emotional turmoil, but I, I can certainly see that in my, in my future. Yeah, as it's I there. It's there. Goodbye. And I, I don't know, Don, maybe you can speak to this, but I'll just say shortly, it's, it was harder for Amber than me. Um, and I, I mean, I just know it's coming. And so I had prepared myself and guys think in compartments anyway, you know, when Annika left the day they drove, she hugged me for the longest she's ever hugged me and cried like a baby and cried like a baby. And I was honestly good. I was fine. I'm like, okay, you need to get in the car. You guys need to go. Cause I'm like, you know, looking at the time I'm thinking about all their, you know, and she's just, you know, and Amber's, you know, sobbing and whatever. I'm like, yeah, you guys are, you guys are good. Get out of here. But and then afterwards, you know, that night when they're gone and I'm thinking, I, you know, that's my firstborn. She's she's now out of my house mm-hmm. and the car's not in the driveway. And I can't just say, hey, Annika, can you help? And Annika, can you? And I realized how much we depended on her, especially with the little kids. Mm-hmm. That was that was a big yeah. wake up call for us. That was a huge wake up call for us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard not having them. But uh, emotionally, I'm good <laughs> now. Yeah, moms, moms definitely have it, have it the hardest. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny. She comes home, you know, every other weekend, usually, I think we're averaging about and, and uh, she's so loud. It's like, okay, I think it's time for you to go. Yeah. Hey, Annika <laughs> surprised us a week ago and flew in to, to uh, see us. So we got to see her for the first oh, time. So great. that was that was pretty cool. I was going to surprise her and fly out there, but then she beat me to it. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not spending money to go out there. So, yeah. I would have been kind of sad if you both surprised each other the same weekend. <laughs> That's like exactly would have I would have been. The good news is I've got family out there, so it wouldn't have been a wasted trip, but right, that, that, that would have been, been classic. Yeah, the ultimate. Yeah, that would have right. been classic. Yeah. <laughs> And anybody that would happen to of the four of us, it would be me. That's for sure. <laughs> right, right. Oh man, with a couple well, flat tires on the way down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thanks, thanks, guys. I'll uh, I'll kick us over into our our uh, trivia contest tonight. Here, I've, I've got three questions lined up for Truth and Tunes trivia. Uh, last time around, I think it was Jeremy who won with our special guest, Jelaine, who tied with Matt for second place, if memory serves me correctly. So um, tonight we've got three questions. Uh, the first the first two relate to tunes, and the third question will relate to truth. So your name is your buzzer. Uh, question number one uh, 
you will be naming the hymn from which I am taking these lyrics. And of course, as always, I will not be starting with verse one, the first words right off of the song. So good luck. Took of the offer of grace he did proffer. He saved me, oh, praise his dear name. Oh, man. I could hear it in my head, but. Yeah, I could sing it. Trying to remember the Heaven name. Came, Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy. Wow. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. That is correct. That is correct. Nice. Well done. Yes. Just <laughs> continuing his domination. Yeah, it's I think like he's like making. A... This is weird. Make it up. I think I'd be taking Prevagen or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good work. I I know the other two guys. They they were they were trying to find where it was located too. They 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 recognized the lyrics, but yeah, it's when I go into the middle of verse two on a song you probably don't sing too often these days. It can be a bit of a challenge. All right, question two. This legendary Christian group recently came out with an album called 40, celebrating 40 years of music ministry. Matt. Matt. Uh, Who is acapella? That is correct. Acapella is correct. Well done, Matthew. I still need to get that album. Yeah, it's pretty good. Have you got you got it? um i have not purchased it yet i've I've sampled a little bit of it online and uh, you want to check out waver dean on the walls came down he does a nice job do they sing some of their oldies or do they do all their stuff i mean what is it a collaboration Uh, of new and old or yeah good question there are um they've dropped songs off this new album earlier this year and then the walls came down they did maybe i don't know five eight years ago but no no classics on this song so it it, it it pretty much is new music, um, but mm. yeah, it's 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 a good one. I've 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 been enjoying it at least a little bit. I've been sampling it. All right, so we've got a tie. Uh, Jeremy won, Matt won, and perhaps Don will Come make on, this Don, a three-way tie. Make it a three-way tie, buddy. Let's go. Otherwise, go. otherwise I'm going to have to come up with a tiebreaker. So, <laughs> okay, here we go. Question three. This chapter in Romans spotlights a Christian's duty and relationship when it comes to government. Jeremy. Jeremy. Is it 13? That is correct. It is Romans 13. Ding, 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 ding. Wow. You can't stop him. You cannot stop him. You can only (laughs) hope to contain him. That's that's it. I I was thrilled to get the middle question. Just thrilled. (laughs) <laughs> I got the scraps off a of shave table. <laughs> you, you can check my text messages with Jeremy. You'll see nothing but tree repair. That's the only thing you're going to see is tree repair. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What a crazy, what a crazy. So this guy texts me in the middle of my day when I'm working, he's got COVID and he's, you know, in La La Land over there in his back room. And he t- <laughs> he's like, what, what? I, I've got a crack in my tree. What should I do? Something along those lines. I've put some, got some tar stuff to put on it. I'm like, what? What, what do you want me to do about this? It's it's a crack in a tree. Cut it down for goodness' hey. sakes. It's a liability. Hey, Owatonna, a Splenda guy. You're the Splenda guy from Owatonna. Yeah, that would be called Asplund. Get your get your uh, you know tree companies right. 
what kind I of tree? Worked, I only worked there for like three months, so it wasn't a big, you know. I don't, I didn't learn a whole lot. So he, I'm like, well, what kind of is it? Is the tree dying? You know, I'm just asking him some questions, and then he takes a picture of the leaf. You know, I'm like, what kind of tree is it? He doesn't know. Takes a picture of the leaf and sends it to me. Okay, that that's inconclusive. I still have no <laughs> <Love leaf. laughs> I'm, I'm so happy, and then I'm like, okay, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you just logically call an arborist? Like, wouldn't, wouldn't you both think that that was something you would do? Somebody who has knowledge about trees? Yeah. So did you find your answer? Did you get, get a hold of an arborist? Um, I contacted our friend Ben, who works for the city. He gave me, he gave me a number for somebody. Well, he's like, we got a department that might help you if you're a, if you're a citizen. They, they got their own thing, but maybe if you ask my question. So that didn't sound too reassuring to me. So what I did is I... I sent a note at my deacons meeting to a fellow deacon. I asked him, are you, are you an arborist? And he, he, he wrote back, he said, no. You're just a special character. Go to the deacons meeting. Let's waste some time with these. these let's elders. give, let's give right. this guy the job of finding out how much our pastor should make. You don't know. You get a split tree that's going to cost some. <laughs> My first so, college friend didn't know what to do, so I asked my second college <laughs> friend, and then I went to my deacon's meeting. It's just brilliant. Wait, wait, hold, hold on a second. Hold, hold college a second. should go well for your kids. It's going to be amazing. Brilliant. <laughs> so in the end, I, I just could not get a sound answer. I didn't like Jeremy's depressing tone. Like, yeah, I think that tree's going to come. It's got to come down. It's going to. It's not going to survive. I didn't like that. So. I went with my father-in-law and the deacon who said he was an arborist. So I, I put some of that tree patch stuff on it and I'm hoping for the best. Is it an, a, a, you should find out if, it, if it's an ash tree. Uh, it's not, no. it's I, not an ash tree. I, I feel like I, I figured but, it out one day, but I didn't write it down anywhere. And I have this app. One of my colleagues gave me, you can take a picture of the leaf and it'll tell you. And I did. And it gave me all these different options and I, it was percentage based. So I, I didn't have a definitive answer. Like, well, it does kind of look like that tree, but it also kind of looks like that tree. So, and you already used your phone a friend. So, I mean, you're I down to your. Yeah. Yeah. It, what a joke. I mean, it's such a nice tree in our front lawn. It gives us nice shade on the side of the house, covers up our windows. And uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping the tree, it's called tree wound. I got it at Home Depot. And so the other day I just started patching it in. We'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but when in doubt, go with go with the the folks who've got the most life experience, and that's what I did in this case. I went with um, a guy. One guy's over seventy. One guy's over eighty, and they said tree wound, patch it up. And I said, all right, I'll do that. Right, I got it for you. I know what you need to do. What's that? You 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 tune into to, what is it? Z Dog. Oh I'm yes. I bet you he would recommend the COVID vaccine. It's got to be good for something. And I bet you, I bet you it would fix that tree up right away. Yeah, Straight away, straight away. Just pop that thing with the COVID vaccine. I bet it'll fix it. It, it's It's a wonder drug I hear. Yeah, or duct tape some vaccine passports from Canada and New York City. Like fill it in like the gap and it'll heal all wounds. Oh, yeah. Uh, those are actually good ideas i probably should have swabbed the tree and tested it to see if it had covid first that's probably what the problem is yep yep there you, you go you go out there put a big china diaper on it tomorrow morning <laughs> and that's the first thing you need to do 
You'd hate to learn anything from the last several years, Ryan. You'd hate to. I, I thought it was an easy deal. I had a friend, Jeremy, who used to work for a tree removal company. I thought this will be an easy answer for me to find. I'll use my resource. And um, <laughs> it's a tree removal company. No, 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 seriously, seriously, right? All it ended you do... up being the rest of your week's work. You didn't do anything for your company. You just started working on your tree. <laughs> Ryan, what you need to do is just tell, tell, give the guy who uh, who uh, Ben gave you. Give him a call. Tell him you think you might have an ash tree. He'll come out there in a second immediately, <laughs> immediately and then tell you what kind of tree it is. No, that's not an ash tree. That's a blah, 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 blah. Then you, then you got your answer. I, that, that's, that's what really what, yes. what, what, what's the deal about ash trees? Ash trees are, because they're the yeah, emerald ash borer. They're, they're, they're dying. They're dying all over the Midwest. They're killing off all these trees. So the, the oh. ash tree, I just had to take one out in my, uh, in my front yard. Uh, this year I, they're I just took it down. they're just dying they all have covid or something or what yeah. it's, it's, it's that emerald dashboard it's an actual, or whatever it's, yeah, oh. it's, a boar. it's an actual caterpillar looking thing and they just bore right into the middle actually the middle of the tree um turns into mud basically oh. they just they just kill the tree for the really? inside yeah. i'm i'm heating my house still i four years of ash wood that i have been cutting in that the city dumped in my my place that i am still cutting and using to heat my house and it's wow. it's great hard wood but it's terrible the trees are done they're all yeah done. i got rid of my tree i may have had a few years left on my tree but i did not want to have to pick up leaves this this fall so yeah I that's a it. smart I, that's a smart move i cut yeah. it out <laughs> i said jeff we gotta get well, this tree play. we gotta get rid of this tree I hear that. Fall. i'm not yeah. going out there picking up leaves <laughs> no home yeah. depot pace for don cut her down <laughs> Cut her down. Yeah, that's smart down. I, I'm not that looking forward. My leaves are just piling up right now out there. So I'm got to get out there. But I was going to say one more thing. Have you guys, you guys seen the, uh, you heard of those little creatures you can hardly see called noceums? You seen oh, those yeah. little bugs? You I can't see them. Florida. They, they Florida, they're terrible in Florida. Yeah, Florida's at the beach. They're brutal. Oh, okay. Yeah, Olivia, a couple a couple years ago, was really getting bitten and developing these rashes, I think, from these noceums. I just found out this week. These these bugs are biting deer and they're creating zombie deer. And so these deer go out in the middle and they just freeze. And the, most deer, if they encounter I've, a human, will run. Yeah, I've seen these deer. Yeah, You've these, heard about these deer. So yes. they freeze and they don't yep. move. And I guess they die within three days from the noceums. What? Yeah, check it what? out. They're I, not I those that. zombie deer. Zombie deer. I know. The apocalypse. And that was Listen, I know I've had COVID. I've been laid up, you know, seeing, learning a lot of interesting things, but I'm pretty sure this is a true story. No seam, yes. light deer, and they zombify. I didn't know sense. it was. I didn't zombify. know it was no seam. Yeah, but they're zombie deer. Oh yeah, I'm. They're I can zombie validate. deer. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Zombie deer. It's. And so what yeah. do they do? They do. They don't. They're not affected they, or freak out they're, by they're people. Stunned. They just, they're stunned. They're, they're just, like in they stun just, mode. Dude, they yeah, they lay down or they just freeze and they're staring off into the distance. And you can yell at them, you can like come up to them, and they are just still. Oh man, my dog Argo would love that. He could go get himself some deer finally. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's gonna get, attack a zombie deer. What if they bite him though? What does he turn into a zombie dog? <laughs> yeah, I mean, is this like <laughs> can they pass, pass on? The, the story didn't cover that. It's yeah. Isn't that strange? So for us humans, they bite us, create these bumps or a rash. And for deer, it sounds fatal. 
My I goodness, got, you never boy. know what you're going to get with trivia here. I hope, I hope there's a vaccine coming out soon for that. Amen, brother. On that one. Amen. Dr. Fauci's on it. Yeah, Fauci. <laughs> Be a swan song. Yeah, nice. Oh, boy. Soppy dear. All but, right, Jeremy, why don't, you, uh, why don't you finish us out there, brother? All right. So, yeah, I, I want to, my, my mind and my heart has been in uh, the book of Luke for some time, and I'm getting close to being done with it is through preaching, but also just my, my personal walk through it. And we got to um, the point where uh, Jesus is late in his ministry and he's <clears throat> talking about the kingdom. And he gets to a, a certain time of ministry where a rich young ruler comes running to him. And both uh, Matthew and Mark talk about uh, this, this parallel, they're all parallel passages where this, this young, rich ruler, probably a ruler of a synagogue, uh, a Pharisee, who comes to Jesus and basically has this energetic question of, you know, what must I do to have eternal life? I mean, a question that you would think that if somebody asked that, that they are ready to receive the gospel. And this man had an unbelievable question and received an unbelievable response. And first of all, he calls God good. He says, hey, good teacher, which nobody ever says that. Uh, in the context, they always say rabbi, um, and good teacher was an overwhelming, um, not insult, but a, a overwhelmingly um, unprecedented compliment to Jesus, and Jesus slaps his theology right down and says, why do you call me good? There's none good but God, and in a works-based and a legalistic type of theology, you have to be good. The righteous works that you do and the things that you create are what get you the status of righteousness. And I am completely amazed at how fast my, um, man, just weak theology goes there from time to time. Like if I do these things, I just need to do this. I need to do this. And why you ask the question and it's really no, there's really no good reason. It's just that that's, that's kind of where man goes. But this guy had, had wealth, too. He had possessions, and he was extremely wealthy. Uh, in fact, um, it was unprecedented wealth. Um, one, one commentator said something like it was, you know, to the place where there is no way that physically possible, if he was given a month or even longer, he couldn't give all his wealth away. It was, it was to that level. I, I couldn't help but reading the uh, the owners of Walmart, what is the, the Walt family, or I forget what their names are. Yeah, Walt. I think it's the Walt family. Anyway, um, you know, they make $4 million every hour. That's, that's what they're bringing in as far as, as far as, you know, dollars are concerned to their family. It's, it's unprecedented, right? I mean, it's just unbelievable. And, and the idea behind this, this man was that he had unprecedented wealth and he asked that question, that unbelievable question of, you know, what, what, what do I need for eternal life? And he was just absolutely handed the gospel. And it was that he would sell all his possessions and that he would follow Christ. And the thing that he held fast to was his possessions. That is what, that is what gave him his identity, was his wealth, his status, his his you know, youth in the community and who he, who he was at a young age and was absolutely saddened by Jesus' response. And, and it's interesting that Jesus was looking at him. Luke records the very specific thing that Jesus looked at him. And when, when Jesus saw that he was sad, 
that he was um, he was unbelievably sad. the The idea there is that he was overwhelmingly um, depressed. There was nothing around the answer that that Jesus gave him that gave him any comfort at all. And Jesus knew, and, and the man knew that he was not going to forsake everything. But Jesus said, "Forsake all your possessions, give it away to the poor, and follow me." And the statement that Peter makes was, "Well, basically, Lord, we have done that." And you would think that Peter saying that you would have Jesus jumping in all over Peter and saying, "Dude, you've got to be humble. Stop talking about yourself." But instead. Jesus validates Peter and says, yes, those who give up their family, who give up their, their, their um, possessions, that do all these things and follow me, you will have blessings now, and you will have blessings in the eternal kingdom. And then I ask myself, what are the questions of blessings now? Well, I think part of the blessing of now is the fellowship we have with fellow believers and, and men and women that we relate to on a spiritual level, because we know that we have something that is far greater than what we can experience today. Luke says earlier in his gospel that don't fear those who can take your body, who can kill your body, because that's all they can do. Fear him who made those people. Fear him who is the source of truth. I want to read this statement to you and, and see if this uh, see if this grips anybody who may, may be struggling, not, not necessarily with wealth, but the idea of holding on to something so, so hard and so fast that it is your identity that you lose your identity in Christ. One, one commentator says this, the whole tendency of possessions is, that, is, is to shackle a man's thoughts to this world. When I read that, I thought, that is so true. When you are when you are flush with cash, when you are flush with possessions, when you are absolutely full of all these things, all those things are anchored to one thing, and that is this earth. And then he goes on and he says, he has so big a stake in it that he never wants to leave it and never thinks of anything else. It's not a sin to have much wealth. That's not a sin. But it is a danger to the soul and a great responsibility. And Jesus said in response, hey, it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a wealthy man to enter the kingdom of, of God or to enter my kingdom. And the reference can come from two things. Rabbis often talked about impossibilities, and they would use either a camel through the eye of a needle or an elephant through a, a small gate. In the gate of Jerusalem, there was a large gate, and then there was a gate that was right beside it. When that huge thing was closed, there was one tiny little door that was known as the eye of a needle that one man could open up and slip through. And Jesus used that clear picture to this young man who came running to him and full of the expectation that he had, he had eternal life. Or maybe it was, maybe it was that this young man knew in his heart of hearts that really he didn't have that question answered in his mind because he would not have come running to ask Jesus that if it weren't nagging at him still. In other words, Jesus, he said, am I living the fullest life that I can possibly live? Because that's how the Jews would have interpreted eternal life. Is it, is it full for me? And essentially Jesus says, no, because you're not following me. It's easier it's easier for somebody, it's, it's easier for a camel to go through that, 
that door that's made for a man, which is impossible, than for a man with wealth, great wealth, who will not lose that wealth for my sake to get into the kingdom of God. I want to challenge you and our listeners tonight that uh, we need to make sure our priorities are straight. Uh, the song comes to mind, he, he will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. Um, though my Savior loves me so, he will hold me fast. What, what do you hold fast? Is it possessions? Is it things? Is it kids? We talked about kids tonight. Um, and, and what do we need to get rid of so that God can fill that part in our heart that allows him to be glorified? Just a thought tonight as we close and fix your eyes. Yeah, good word. Thanks, Jeremy. Well, that is a wrap on episode 56 on this, the 23rd day of October, year of our Lord, 2022. This was Six in the Mix, talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast content. Review us and leave a comment. Visit our Facebook page at Six in the Mix Podcast and comment on what topics you'd like us to discuss. We are also on Twitter at 6 in the Mix Pod. Join us on our journey.